I'm Danny Higginbotham, and you're listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Uh, you're not mishearing, this is the voice of Chris rather than David. Uh, Dave has gone away to go and see our new friends in Hamburg and he's taken a trip to St. Pauli a week before Stoke actually are going there, which is typical Dave. Um, so it's me in the hosting seat tonight and joined as always by Mr. Ben Cartwright. Ben, how are you? I'm fantastically well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I'm ready to discuss some Stoke-related drama. We're recording this on a Friday night. I feel I need to timestamp this because the plan is that this may go out on a Sunday morning. And in that time, the inevitable, Marco Anoutovic, may have gone to West Ham and it may be official. So if we're talking in the past tense and saying he's not there yet, you'll understand why. But... I think we can safely assume that he is going to West Ham at this point, um, unless the the hilarious happens and he fails a medical or can't agree terms with them, which I would find amusing. I think I think you've brought up a really fascinating point there, and it's and it's one I've thought about in the past. Do do football clubs work a normal working week, or will they go into the weekend? Obviously, we've all had packages in the past that we we have to wait till Monday to receive. Do West That's Ham a- have to wait till Monday? That's a really good point. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it in in a bit when we do talk about Anoutovic. But he did post that lovely Instagram or Snapchat <laughs> picture today, which we will talk about, um, where he's saying, "London, here, here I come." Imagine he's got down there and office hours are now shut. Marco, you you're gonna have to wait till Monday. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Shall we start with more positive matters? Well, positive and sad. Um, this week it was confirmed that Glenn Whelan was leaving the club after a nine-year stay. Um, we put out a thing on Twitter asking people for their three-word reviews, and we were overwhelmed by the response. Um, some lovely memories, um, nice summaries of Glenn's career with us. Ben, I- I'm right in thinking this is the right time for Glenn to leave, yes? I completely think it is the right time. I mean... There were points in last season where I got lambasted by my own uncle for being too harsh on Glenn Whelan. Um, so for one, it means that I won't be doing that this season. But I, I'm a big Glenn Whelan fan. I, I, I was maybe harsh on or Some of us maybe sort of were harsh on him last season. It was It's easy to forget that, we, um, that we've had him for such a long time. And he's been such a, a, a great player for us and proving people wrong throughout his career. Um, but I think yeah, it's it's come to that time where he's probably not going to prove too many people wrong now. He's, I don't think he's sort of he was ever going to flourish again for the upcoming season. So the fact that he's moved on to a an Aston Villa side who are bringing in the oldies um, this this transfer window, it's safe to say. Uh, I think it sort of could be the perfect move for old Glenn. Yeah, I I saw that some of the players that they've brought in. It's definitely the old boys club at, at Villa this season, which <laughs> does beg the question whether that will be successful. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, they they've got John Terry and Chris Samba, who I think was confirmed today. Now that is not a back two that will be uh, running to stop any counter attacks 
very quickly. It's um, it will be interesting to see. Uh, a lot of Villa fans were responding to to what we put up on Twitter, saying that you know, oh, they were very excited with the the feedback that Glenn Whelan was getting. He sounds like just the type of player that they need. Um, how do you think Glenn Whelan will do in the Championship, or rather going back to the Championship? Because of course he started with us in that division. Do you think he will be a success there, or is yeah. there a fear that his his legs may have gone a little bit? It's obviously difficult to tell. I mean, the Championship is such an unpredictable league, as we, as many of us still remember um, from Stoke's time in the Championship. I, I think it will be an interesting one for Aston Villa. You mentioned the age of um, Samba and Terry, but then you also think back to Leicester with Wes Morgan and Huth, and I don't think many people would have said they would be able to, to do a lot in that centre-back pairing. I'm not saying they're going to be a success, because obviously Samba's flopped in the past with QPR, um, and John Terry, well, that's John Terry. But we're here to talk about Whelan, and I think... We'll have to see what kind of role he plays for the club. Obviously, I think Aston Villa are a team where they're sort of in the wilderness. Um, they don't really know where they are as a team, obviously, after relegation. And it's it's an interesting time for them. Um, but you saw last season a, a player that has been mentioned a couple of times um, recently for, for different reasons, really. But Dean Whitehead for Huddersfield Town. Obviously, he wasn't sort of a mainstay of their team, I don't think. I'm not, I am not. I wasn't sort of really active on watching the Championship last season, but he wasn't a mainstay of their team. And maybe Glenn Whelan can play a similar role. Um, he's definitely sort of a leader. He, he'd be a good influence on players sort of putting their all, their absolute cliche 110% into the games because that's exactly what he does. So if Aston Villa need that, which from what I've seen in the past they do, then he might be that sort of perfect type of player to to break up play, come on whenever they need him. If they need a leader on the pitch, then he will certainly sort of put his all into things, as we know. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, I'll be interested to see what sort of role he has at the club, really. But I, th- I think it, there is definitely the potential there for it to be a good fit. And Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and I do think, yes, this was <clears throat> the right time for, for him to move on. Uh, for the sake of of his career, um, it is sad because he's he he's only he's fo- fallen a little bit short of getting a testimonial for Stoke, and I saw that there uh, is a little bit of an online campaign trying to get Stoke to give him one anyway as a thanks for his service with the club. Um, it does beg the question then: we've let go of Whelan now. Uh, we've let go of John Walters in this window. It's certainly seemingly the end of an era with those players who were involved in our early Premier League years now leaving and flying away from us. Um, I, I saw some suggestion that letting go of Whelan makes us weaker and that, you know, he, he adds that bite to the team that others do not. What what do you make of that? Do you think that there is a ready-made Glenn Whelan replacement already in the team? Do you think we're, Stoke's going to now have to look outside the club to bring someone in to, to be that more defensive midfielder? Um, are, are we weaker for letting Glenn Whelan go now? Well, I I think from the impact he had last season, I, I, I wouldn't say we were weaker. I think he wasn't at his best last season in a Stoke City shirt. There is there is no doubt about that. We've seen Glenn Whedon playing better and it's obviously just down to age, really. Um, so I don't think we're weaker because we have brought in Darren Fletcher. And I mean, I'm, I was a bit loath to say sort of Darren Fletcher is a placement because I think similar to Joe Allen, a lot of Stoke fans, we don't know sort of the type completely of midfielder that Darren Fletcher is. But on the, on the surface of things, I'd say Darren Fletcher will replace Whelan in that sort of 
holding role. He'll be able to distribute hopefully better. Hopefully he's got a bit more mobility still in his legs. Um, I mean, the thing with Darren Fletcher being a replacement, obviously he is quite old, but he had a he had that the illness, didn't he? So he had he didn't have that sort of full on football career, which might be helping him out. Um, it might be helping him out because he hasn't had that constant. I know that f- f- footballers and sports people in general just pick up injuries because of their strain on their bodies, which maybe Darren Fletcher hasn't had as much. I don't know. That's just a thought that's come to my head. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we're weaker, and and, and certainly in in a central midfield department, we are pretty loaded. And and those links with Fabian Delph are still going on. Um, again, we're probably trying to flip around with three million pounds for some reason if that's a player that we want um but yeah we center midfield for, for some reason is is a it's almost it's it's i feel like it's the strangest position in our team yeah. chris because it's like we've got the players seemingly that it's fine but at the same time i'm kind of like is it is it fine yeah like, but yeah <clears throat> it, it's it's that it's that conundrum where we've bought we've almost bought too many of the more creative and driving forward type players and i mean there was the, I, I saw in the week people saying oh glenn whelan he always out um outdid his replacements when anyone was bought in to replace him he outdid them i would argue that people were brought in maybe to replace glenn whelan but actually didn't do the same job like glenn whelan was never the uh, deep line playmaker in the team he was a holding midfielder defensive midfielder at best um Gianelli and Bula was never brought in as that. Joe Allen, we argued last year at the start of the season that that may be what he was going for, but I think it's quite obvious that isn't the role that Mark Hughes sees him in. Um, so, so we've never really replaced that uh, that type of player that Glenn Whelan is. Um, and so I find it interesting that we are linked with Fabian Delft because, again, I wouldn't regard him as a defensive midfielder. He Sure, he can play a little bit deeper, but I, you don't see... Or at least I don't think you see him as that type of player who will be holding deeper, being between the two centre backs and breaking up play, passing balls on. I don't know. I, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that Darren Fletcher will do that role, but I don't know. Maybe I would, I would like to see Stoke try and go for a younger player in that role, but I, I don't, I don't see us connected with anyone for that. So. Who knows? Maybe Mark Hughes will just play a really attacking lineup. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. We have to see sort of what lineup he's looking to play. There's lots of speculation with obviously the three at the back. I mean, it was probably around this time last year that he brought out the three at the back for the first time, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" Um, <laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting. I think my only memory really of Fabian Delph in a midfield is is kind of with England when we've played the four mid like the diamond four in midfield, mm-hmm. and he's sort of been the the left sort of point of the yes. diamond, um, so it's not the, not the holding midfielder. So that's the sort of role I think him in, which is kind of similar to a Joe Allen role, I think, where he can be best. But yeah, I, I can. <laughs> yeah, it's it I, I, does does Mark Hughes understand central midfield balance? <laughs> it's an it is an interesting one because now we've got if if, if we assume Delph kept comes along, that would be Delph, Imbula, Allen, and Adam, all who play. Slightly different, but very. Did you mention Affalai as well? Oh, and and of course Affalai. Yeah. So it's a very yeah. They they all play slightly variant roles, yeah. but but very similar in that they are, I would say, more creative midfielders. 
Yeah, it's, and, it's bizarre. I mean, you, and you wouldn't trust Charlie Adam in that defensive role. <laughs> so, I mean, it is. It's just, it is. It's very, very interesting. Um, I mean, on Delph, uh, would you do you do you want him? Do you think he's a player who would improve this team? I I'm assuming that if he comes in, I think that's the end of G. I think he'll be off, which is a shame because I think he's done quite well in preseason. Do you think though Delph is a good a good fit? He'd do well for us. I I think there's a player there. I think I think certainly, and he kind of fits that role at Stoke, where we've seen it a couple of times, where it's like a player that isn't sort of really reaching their potential um, and could come in and sort of do that, similar to Sado Berahino. He'll be hoping to do the same this season. But it, on my priority list, he would not be up there for me, especially when, as you mentioned, Imbula's still at the club. I mean, I would absolutely, as we mentioned before, we'd love Imbula to sort of get that chance again. And and maybe we will see that. Like, I don't think Delph coming in definitely sort of means that won't happen, but we do need to get rid of a, a central midfielder if that's to happen then. You're looking at Adam and Afalai, and are they going? Who's going to come in for them when they're still contracted? I, I don't know. So yeah, it, it, it's a, just a really confusing mess our central midfield, and it has been for at least the last season, if not sort of a bit more, because we weren't buying anyone, and now we just seem to have everyone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just perplexing. But but I mean, my my point about Delph was that I think he's a good player, and I think. He could, he would get into if he were to bring him, he would come into our starting eleven. I would imagine, but obviously, as you say, that that's sad news for for Gina Lee and Bula. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, completely agreed. Um, in in summary, just on this topic, then I think I think we both agree that it's it is sad, but it's the right time for Glenn Whelan to go. Um, have you got any standout memories of Glenn Whelan at all, or or it, I mean, for me, it's not so much a a particular moment, although some of those those odd goals that he scored will be up there but when I think of Stoke I do think of Glenn Whelan I do think like as as frustrating as he's been and we've both ranted about him on this podcast I do think that you would always assume that he would be in the team like there was never a point where we thought oh he, he won't get in he if if he was fit you knew he would play yeah no I, I mean I was just, I was just thinking about that when you mentioned I mean I sort of did after our our Walters episode, sort of our, our love for Walters. I I had a look on YouTube because obviously you and Dave watched some highlights packages of, of Walters time. So I was like, I wonder if anything's anything's got like a sort of 11-12 season sort of highlights package. No, there wasn't. Um, but having said that, like he's been he's been in the clubs for nine and a half years, and I mean I don't want to boil anyone's piss by admitting my age, but. That means he's been here since I was like 14, 15. And it's like, <laughs> that is like the majority of my conscious memory as a Stoke fan, which is just incredible, yeah. really. Um, so, yeah, just, just he's always <laughs> just been there and he's always improved. And I, I, I've said before to the anger of Dave on this podcast that I, I really like Daryl Russell. And I think it's similar where <laughs> I've got this passion for players that, just like in that central midfield role, just do the easy stuff. I don't know why, and maybe I'm growing out of it. Maybe it's because I used to be average at football and sort of base myself on a, on on players that sort of do the basics quite well and, and dreamt of doing that. But <laughs> yeah, I did I did see on YouTube mentioning YouTube an interview with Glenn Whelan, and he said 
if it was to have one person to um, to have dinner with, this was a, a few years ago now, I think it was in 2011, if you was to invite one person to dinner, be Barack Obama. And it, it reminded me of you, because obviously he follows you on Twitter. So, <laughs> he, so there we go. He does. He does. He does. Me and my friend Barack. Maybe you three could get together way for back. dinner. Yeah, table for three, like the <laughs> World Wrestling Entertainment. They do a they do a series called that. I mean, speaking speaking of YouTube, just right while rounding that up, um, uh, Elliot from the Bear Pit, he put together a a, a very very moving slideshow um, of images um, to uh, with regards to Glenn Whelan. Very very emotional. Definitely recommend people people give that a watch. Yeah, and on a, on a final point, who'd have thought though? After nine years at the club, age 32, 31, 32, we'd be making a profit on Glenn Whelan in terms of transfer fee because he's he fight, arguably Tony Pulis' best signing at 500,000. Incredible scenes. Just very fair play, Glenn Whelan. Congratulations. From, from a arguable cult hero of Stoke to one who we thought would have been a cult hero had he not betrayed us and gone to those cockney rhyming people in their council funded stadium that they can't even announce their transfer from because it's got athletics going on at the moment <laughs> we we've sp- <laughs> we we've spoken i believe at length over the last few episodes about marco anatovic and his reasonings for leaving and wanting to go, I, I'm saying this, we're assuming it's the inevitable because it hasn't happened as of yet. Let me just check Twitter. Um, no, I'm seeing nothing as of yet. Uh, I want to I ask you this question because I've seen the term banded around. Ben, is Marco Anatovic a snake? Honestly, if the Oxford Dictionary don't turn, don't change their definition to snake Marco Anatovic in the next year, I'll be shocked because that's exactly what he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was. Do you know what? I, this morning I woke up and I was thinking. I was thinking about it, and I did think. I can understand to a point why he's why he's gone. Maybe there's reasoning behind. You know, maybe we've not promised. We've promised stuff, and it's not come to fruition. Blah de blah de blah. And then he posted that bloody picture of him like doing a peace sign and going London, here I come. And I just got angry at the man and. And all rationale uh, left from me. Um, uh, on Marco, do you think that West Ham will be the right place for him? Do you think he will thrive in that West Ham team? I mean, they've invested quite a lot of money now in an attacking lineup. Um, Hernandez is going to be there. Chikorito himself. Um, is do you think Marco will do well? I, I I don't know if I've said this on the pod before, but I struggle to believe that teams, when they make such massive overhauls, can perform. I mean, West Ham pretty much did the same last season. Leicester did it last season. You saw Tottenham did it in the past, which I think is when I brought it up. When teams do this, it doesn't always pay off. And mm-hmm. although I think Marco Nasovic is talented, his raw strength and, and ability, I think, is, is I, there's no forgetting that for me. I know some people want to forget that. I, I still rate him very highly. And I think... Uh, Mark Holmes on Twitter sort of made the point that now he's moved to West Ham, it'll be in, it'll just be infuriating because people will now rate him. Um, <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it, it's really difficult, to, and it's really difficult to know how he'll do, and it's really difficult to know how I want him to do. 
I, I don't, because it's like, I want people to realise for the entire time. I've, I mean, as a Southern, I've got a lot of West Ham fan friends and, and people like that, and they say Marco Anatovic is not good. And now he's moved mm. to them, it's already started to change. And I'm like, mm. I want them to know that he's always been good at Stoke, and I yeah. want them to realise what they've been insulting. Um, but at the same time, I want him to flop. I want him to get sent off on his debut. <laughs> I want him to just, just completely lose value on fantasy football for all I care, do whatever... Uh. Yeah, I, I I have to admit there is a, a large part of me that wants West Ham fans to call it the worst twenty five million they've ever spent. Like And they've I, spent some bad millions, by the way. Yeah. I just and that is purely out of pettiness. There is there is no rationale behind it other than I'm hurt that you've wanted to leave us on it and now I want you to fail and I I mean, West Ham wind me up at the best of times, but the now that they've took arguably our best player, one of our best players, it's it's infuriating. It's just, just oh, where's it come yeah. from? Where has it come well, from? Well, that is my my worry is that there is elements of truth in that things were promised to him and it hasn't come to fruition. I mean, I think I think it's easy for us to say he's just gone for the money and that kind of detaches us from it and we can be angry at him for that. I think it's a harder fact to maybe think that maybe maybe after last season, maybe Mark Hughes last season said to him, sign for us for this year, we will push for um, uh, Europa League place and if we get it, then you know you stay but if not, you can go. Like You, you never know what was said behind closed doors and I... As much as I don't want to think that way, because I want to just hate him uh, for everything that he's done, and I want him to be in the wrong, you kind of feel that maybe maybe there are elements, but then maybe not. Maybe it is just purely down to the money, and uh, reportedly he's going to be on a hundred grand. Which, if you remember last year, that's what you wanted out of Stoke, and reports were he he didn't get that, but he did sign a new deal mainly because he didn't have a good Euros, and no one came in from him. Um. Issue, oh, I mean, let's go on, go on. The issue with the sort of promises theory I have is is obviously that West Ham sort of how can they promise much more than we can? I mean, the fact that it's come out that he's earning 100k and it's going to be sort of that that it's going to be the record signing for West Ham. It's going to have that prestige. That's got me thinking maybe Slavin Bilic or whatever has come in. He said, "Look, Marco, I'm a huge fan. We've got huge we've got huge plans for the next few seasons. We've got lots of money to spend as we're willing to spend on you, Stoke. Look." They're, they're struggling, you've had a bad year, come to us, you'll be our highest paid, or high, one of our highest paid players, you'll be our record signing, and we will like love you. You, you will be loved by West Ham. And we, of this club that, I mean, they always go on about their history, but there is that history there, and there is that, as annoying as it is, there is that sort of, I don't know, the London sort of, I don't know what it is, the factor of West Ham, annoyingly. <laughs> I did see someone say on Twitter that, you know, if the London... Ism is a factor. Marco's going to be really annoyed when he finds out that they train in Essex and he's quite a way away from <laughs> London. Like that will ir- irritate him. Uh, it, moving very quickly on them, with regards to Marco leaving, um, we mentioned it before. A lot of support for Ramadan Sobi coming in and being the replacement for Marco. Are you a fan of this? Do you think we need to maybe take that money and buy another winger? Or are we best using that money elsewhere in the team? For, for me personally, 
as much as I love Sobby, and I do want to see him play well, I would like us to buy at least a backup winger, because there was, there was talk that, you know, Julian and Goy would be the backup on, on the left, because that's where he played in pre-season. And as good as we rate Julian, I'm not sure if he's ready for that yet, because it only takes Sobby to go down injured, and he's playing a lot more games, and I'm not sure he's as ready as... Um, as he could be for that role. So, uh, what do you think? Am I am I going up the wrong tree with that? I would I would love Sobby to come in and be the permanent replacement. The issue I have with that is that Mark Hughes in the past hasn't he either he either hasn't sort of shown the faith and been able to sort of believe in Sobby or whatever, or he just hasn't played him to look after his little young legs. Which I mean, I struggle to believe because he's he's quite an experienced pro for a, a twenty year old. Is he now? I, is he 20? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, that's my issue with the sort of Sobby will be number one and we don't need a replacement sort of theory. The issue with bringing a replacement then after that is that it's going to be either someone that puts Sobby into a similar position as, as this season, which I would be really disappointed with. I really want to see him at least play, a, a, like a have a, a decent chance in the team rather than just off the bench and an occasional starting role. Um, so you need to find a player that that may be a sort of second choice or similar to Sobby and that would be really difficult and do you want to a, a, a play, do you want to bring in a player that's not going to be first choice when you're literally losing your best player from in the club really in my opinion from that position it's a really difficult one and I, I, again it's, it's, there's just a lot of fascinating different things going on with our team and it, it, you could describe it as fascinating you could describe it as scary um, I'm going to go with fascinating <laughs> right now Um but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Oh, I think that the rumours have been sort of sparking up about Conor Pelienka and Yarmolenko once more, which is just <laughs> is just strange as well. I, I think that is just becoming a, an annual tradition yeah. <laughs> that we that we're linked with them, even though there's probably no interest. I mean, one uh, suggestion you could have, and I've saw, saw this banded around online, is if we did go to a back three and played wing backs, then you would have behind a striker two more advanced midfielders who could be Shakiri and Boyan and then that kind of negates the need for a left winger Ramadan can come in come in and replace either of those two when or if one is injured which would be a very very interesting idea and it's certainly uh, a position uh, well a, a, a tactic that Mark Hughes has played around with um i mean the same thing could be said for the right wing then um we with Jonathan Walters going, the only real backup we have in that right wing is Mamjouf, and he's not really a right winger. Um, Thibaut Valinden has signed a new five-year deal, um, or four if you count next summer when West Ham nab him. Um, is <laughs> is uh, do you think that is a sign then that because he's played every preseason game, is he Shaq's now official backup? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I really do. Like I, I, I know that that like he hasn't sort of been like full throttle in preseason, but but who does that normally? I, I I really yeah. I think that's a really promising sign, and and it made me really happy to see actually that just that faith in the youth, and also that Tebow was willing to stay. I mean, we are we are known to being a bit miserable, and and sometimes it's easy to be like, <laughs> oh, the club is in sort of this sorry state where some of the piece of business we've done this week. Have sort of changed that a bit, or just certainly changed that feeling. Where if Verlinden, this really promising Belgian star, is willing to put five years of his life on sort of on on, on Stoke City's line, then something must they must be doing something right. And Mark Hughes must be sort of voicing the the right things. He must be saying to Verlinden, 
you will get your chance in the starting lineup. Otherwise, you wouldn't start because he is that good. He's that highly rated anyway. That is, yeah, that's a good point. There was a report going around this weekend as well that Mark Hughes has said that the play, there are places for the youngsters in this year's team. It's not a, not a token gesture either. They will get game time. So with the likes of Josh Tymon and Julian and Goy and Thibaut Belinden, that is a that is a definite promising thing, certainly. Um, you, you mentioned new signings. We'll move on because uh, today, Friday, we finally announced the loan deal for Kurt Zuma, um, who I think you will agree is definitely the right player uh, for us, and it's definitely a relief that we've got a defender in. Um, good move for the player? Oh, yeah, I think... Like fantastic move for the player. It's it's shown with sort of players like Nathan Aki uh, for Chelsea. If if he's willing to to be in the Chelsea model, which is quite clearly is because obviously he signed that I think five year long term deal or six year long term deal at the same time. So he's clearly happy to be in that sort of loan out sometimes maybe, um, and then come back and and sort of try and get into the first team squad. I mean, I'm a huge Zuma fan. Um, I think I mentioned last time that a, a good friend of mine from university is a Sentetian fan, and he I mean. The most one of the most passionate football fans I've ever met. As I think a lot of Sentetian fans are, but he was always going on about Zuma and how good he was. Um, and it's just really exciting that he's chosen Stoke because because again that I mean this was the sort of the other positive thing that I was alluding to. He had other places to choose from, and the fact that he's gone Stoke as 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 players have done in the past. I just think that's a really good sign and. And maybe last season was a bit of a blip for Mark Hughes, and maybe he's realised that because he's he's seeing from the right hymn sheets for me at the moment. And and if we can bring in a few more players, then I, I'm sure a lot of other people will sort of come round to it. But yeah, Zuma coming in, there were reports that Ryan Shawcross will be signing a long term deal, which I think would be fantastic, and also BMI, which to me screams three at the back. Um, really, I mean, mm-hmm. they're three top quality defenders in my opinion. Um, yeah, and. If you're going to bring them in, then there must be some thought behind that. Um, and yeah, we'll see. But yeah, Zuma just, he's clearly highly rated at Chelsea because before that injury, he was starting and he was playing really well. So I think this is, for, for Zuma, is a season that he's going to really want to prove that he is back at it. Because a lot of people will still be mentioning that injury will be saying, is Zuma back to his best? No one really knows. If he plays fantastically at Stoke... Um, then who knows? He could be he could be literally back in the Chelsea team at, at January because I don't I don't know how the the loan deal works, but I know that Aki got mm. brought back, didn't he? Which I've just thought about that could happen, which oh, would be gosh. worrying. But that would mean a, a great six months with Zuma, which would I'd be happy with. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, <laughs> I've, very, gone on, I've just gone yeah. on a massive sort of yeah. No, you've 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 worried me now with the with the fear that he might go back to <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> maybe maybe the might get transfer recalled. team have, have sorted that out. Oh, highly God. highly unlikely. I, <laughs> let's let's hope so. I mean, you mentioned Ryan and Bruno. Um, yet they've yet to sign on, but from what you were saying, Ryan could be a, a possibility uh, soon. Is there much more Stoke need to do? Um, especially considering how leaky our defence was last year. What what else does Stoke need to do in this window? Yeah, we've mentioned several times. <laughs> I think we've mentioned it several times as probably just fans of the club since our time in the Premier League. How often have we said we need fullbacks? Like it just seems, <laughs> it seems yes. like a position that Stoke just never sort of wants to sort out. Um, 
So yeah, I still think that we're we're short of a, of a full back maybe. But then we've just been talking about the youth, and and you do have options either side um, from the youth. But are they ready? That's the question. Um, mm. I mean, what would be really useful would be have a quality fullback then that can play left and right back, but I don't think they exist. <laughs> um, and when and we're not particularly linked with any fullbacks no, either. There's been um, no, there's been nothing of the sort. So it clearly isn't too much of a priority for Mark Hughes, which I do think is a shame, especially when I mean at right back, Johnson and Bardsley aren't getting any younger. Um, I mean, we did we did get a, a left back this uh, this window, so that's all right. But yeah, it's certainly. Um, Certainly a frustrating area, I would say, because fullbacks they're so important in this current game at the moment. And yeah, like Eric, he's he's good, but he's not had the best few months. And yeah, but then knows? but then Who... players have improved from the previous season before. So I've always liked Eric Peters. I think from for what we needed at the time when he when he came in, he was he's been fantastic, really. But obviously last season, he his crossing especially sort of came up. <laughs> Um, and especially if we're lo- looking at a three at the back, um, but maybe then Mark Hughes is thinking Muniesa can play. I don't. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes because, as you mentioned, we haven't been linked with fullback, so there must be something going on. Because otherwise, it, it's for us and, and surely for Hughes that, that it's, there's there's issues there clearly mm-hmm. from last season. So you've got to have a bit of faith, maybe. It's it's very interesting that you say that because. Uh, I think it was Mark Holmes again on Twitter did mention that there was, there was I don't know if you remember but back when Julian was making uh I'm I'm calling him by his first name because he's a friend <laughs> of the pod uh he, when he was making his first team appearances uh that apparently there was a bit of a bust up uh with a certain Glenn Whelan leading the charge and things got a bit heated by all accounts uh Mark Holmes suggested that there was a bit of a breakdown in the dressing room. And with Walters going and Whelan going, do you think Mark Hughes is putting his foot down a little bit and he's trying to shape the team in his own way now? He's, uh, thank you, Glenn and John, for your time, but they may maybe players were causing a bit more trouble than they're worth and Mark Hughes is putting his foot down. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling positive this season and I have no idea why. I almost feel like Mark Hughes can turn it around and I'm going to regret that when Everton <laughs> beat us 4-0. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, that rumour is... I think uh, sort of people were talking about it for quite a while and thinking, is there something going on there? Like, I've always sort of... Especially in the Mark Hughes era, I've always thought, oh, the players seem like they get along. Where last season that wasn't happening, but I think that off, that will happen a lot of the time when when a club is losing, and and we were doing a lot of that last season. Um, so if there was a problem in the dressing room and he got rid of John Waters and Glenn Whedon for that, I don't know. Um, we, if if that is the case, then then fair enough. I mean, we need it needs to be rooted out if there's a problem there. We obviously we also saw. I think it was Eric Peters and, and Lee Grant at each other's throats. I think it was them at one stage. Um, well, yes, yes, they. Yeah, I'm right in saying that. And but they haven't been sent. They haven't been sent home, <laughs> as it were. So <laughs> who knows? What, we don't know what goes on in there. And if Mark Hughes is putting his foot down and saying, "Right, we've all we've all not had our greatest season last season. Some of you have sort of fallen out or whatever. Something's going on. Let's end that right now, or you're off, or whatever. Maybe something like that's happened." We can speculate as much as we want, and that's why we're here, and that's the beauty of it. <laughs> it, it exactly, and why we wouldn't want to do anything else, would we, apart from <laughs> speculate make and discuss? Things up. <laughs> make, make things up, because let's be honest, not 
a lot really did happen this week. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we will wrap up soon. Um, but we've got, I don't know how many weeks left now be- before the start of the season. We have a few more friendlies, including um, one against Sheffield United on Tuesday. Uh, which I will be going along to, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, are you going to any of the friendlies? I'm going to Bolton, I hope. Um, Excellent. Yes, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be going to Bolton. I think we're, we're playing Emi... I can't know. Do you know how to say Emi Is it Emi... Emi... I'm... I'm uh, I don't know. Testing my, who, who testing my weak French here. Um, but I, I just saw the news before we recorded that Tom Edwards was going along there as well, just a sort of Ooh. quick one on the on the right-back position. So there's a there's a sort of... Maybe there's an option there because apparently Phil Bardsley is crocked, I think, or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I quite yeah. Preseason games are quite exciting because because if you lose, it doesn't matter, and if you win, we're gonna win the league. Well, exactly. That's that's definitely how uh, football works. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I don't know. Preseason, I always feel stupidly optimistic about absolutely everything, um, like as if the last six months haven't happened um so we've got a few more friendlies we've would like to see some signings what what do you expect stoke to do before the first game of the season what would you like to see them do have you got a preferred starting 11 you'd like to see anything what what as a fan what's going to make you go into that first game of the season and be like yeah man we're going to (laughs) <laughs> Beat those blue people. I don't know. That was not. Uh, that I'm not street. <laughs> I think we've got a few games left, and to be honest, in terms of of playing staff, I'll, I'll say it playing staff a very weird way of saying it. Um, I would like to see us continue what we're doing. Sort of try the youth out. Lots of rotation. Get as many players out onto the pitch and and let them show Mark Hughes what they can do. I think in terms of of that, we've been doing it very well. In terms of a, a sort of starting eleven, or essentially a formation, because you can't really choose a starting eleven until we know where we're going to start. I, that's what we need to know before that first game. We need to be clear. Right, we're playing three at the back. We're playing four at the back. So that that's a big difference that players need to get used to. So if Mark Hughes is thinking we're doing three, do it now and do it do it for the remainder or do it for the majority at least. I'd say. And if if we go in four and and three is in the maybe in the back, you can do it a couple of times, but. Make sure those last few games or last couple of games are four at the back, so we're used to it. We just we need to be ready for that first game, and and for the last two seasons we have not been ready at all, especially <laughs> last season. I think uh, I know that's fresh in my mind, but just just let the players know what's happening. I think that's important, and because at times it yes. just doesn't seem like the players know what they're doing, um, and that is that is a big problem, quite a big one. <laughs> Yeah, that, I think that's a bit of an understatement. Um, they've definitely been times in the last year where we've looked a little bit like headless chickens. So it would be nice for us to hit the season with a with a bang and do something good this coming year. Because God knows we've had a negative eighteen months, and it would be nice for uh, for us all to just get along for a bit yeah, rather yeah. than argue. You know, in, a, a lot of the time. Except for last, the majority of last season, a lot, a lot of the time we do we do like to pull surprises out of the bag, and obviously yeah. the Everton game is, is still quite a while away. But even Southampton we beat on the last day of the season, even that, where did, like, and and then the West Ham game I think before, the season before on the last day of the season, both of them just came out of nowhere, and it's like yeah. we can do that. So let's do that against Everton. 
Imagine, imagine that on the first day of the season. Imagine how positive the Wizards would be if on oh that first God. day of the season we go to Everton and we beat them. I know it's unlikely. I know they've spent loads of money, but that is exactly what Stoke have done. But under Hughes, uh, yeah. except for last season, we go to games that we don't expect to win and we pull something out of the bag. It would be fantastic that first game, like you say, first game of the season. Everton have spent all that money but their team doesn't gel and we come together in a show of unity after a difficult summer of people called snakes leaving us <laughs> and and we all pull together and it's brilliant and that that is what I would like. Oh, we are def- I'm hopeful. We, we are definitely we're, getting way too positive. People, pe- way, people are going to think that we're ill. People are going to tweet in to the <laughs> podcast saying, are Ben and Chris all right? Can someone check on them, please? <laughs> They're gonna, there's going to be complaints. Dear, <laughs> at, at, dear the Mr. Wizards Wizard. of Drivel. Uh, yeah, dear, dear Wizards. I listen to your podcast for rants about Stoke, <laughs> not for positivity. <laughs> Goodness me. Do you know what? I think we will we will wrap things up there because we are getting delirious and it's it's a nice Friday evening and we should enjoy it. Um if I can point you, dear listener, in the direction of our website, wizardsofdrivel.com, there are some classic content up there uh, I wrote a blog about St. Pauli uh, this week which um, looks at what both teams can get out of this relationship it was a pleasure to write that one must read, um, must read I'll add as well you have, you have well, to th- read it well thank you very much Ben that is very kind uh, of course you can follow us on social media at Wizards of Drivel on Twitter uh, facebook.com forward slash Wizards of Drivel um and of course we are on patreon which we ramble on and on about every episode but um especially for this coming season if you would like to support the pod in any way shape or form and uh, you'd like to give us a pound a month or something like that just to help run our podcast for subscription fees um player interviews all that type of stuff we really do appreciate it again no pressure you don't have to do it but it's nice those of you who do and you know who you are we are very very grateful for your support um is there anything you wanted to promote ben at this point just happiness just let's all be happy now <laughs> let's all be that uh, fantastic so in conclusion <laughs> arnie arnie is a snake who's arnie who is arnie uh, no, i'm joking i'm who, not gonna say that who, who's arnie <laughs> yeah uh, don't even know who don't know who he is Sobby will be our hero. If you oh, if you do go on Twitter and on Facebook, you'll see that we've updated our um, banners and logo to reflect the new hero that is Ramadan Sobby. It's season two of Wizards of Drivel this, and it's time for heroes. And he's our hero. And Stoke are going to be great, and we're gonna be mint this season. <laughs> um, we will see you next week. Until then, I'll see some of you in Sheffield. Go on, Stoke. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid of sharks. I'm not afraid of cancer. I'm just afraid of snakes. They really creep me out. Where are their arms and legs? It's not okay. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid of sharks. I'm not afraid of cancer. I'm just afraid of snakes. They really creep me out. Where are their arms and legs? Baby, baby, I'm gonna miss you.